Good evening and welcome to episode 199 of the Private Property Podcast. I'm your host, Uzamandungwa Kumalo. It's a Friday edition of the Private Property Podcast. And before we get our weekend started, of course, in a very safe manner, we are going to be talking about something that I know is one of those very relatively contentious debates. We have this conversation quite a number of times here on the show, and we're going to have it again this evening because it's one of those things that you really want to think and rethink, especially so early into 2021. But before we talk about uh, what we're going to be exploring this evening, of course, you can catch us across our social media platforms, whether you're watching us on Facebook, on YouTube, or even on Instagram. Do follow us across our social media platforms. You can also follow myself at Zamandunga underscore K. And I love talking about the other great shows that we've got here across the uh, private property social media platforms. I am talking about the first time home buyers show that comes to your screens every single Wednesday at 8 p.m. with SD Klassen, as well as the farming podcast that Umbali brings to your screens every Tuesdays and Thursdays at 8 p.m. And that's one that you do not want to miss out, especially if you've got an interest in agriculture or maybe you have got green fingers and you want to explore different things that you can do in the agri space. So do make sure that you watch those two episodes, those two shows. And if you've missed out on some of the great content that we have brought to your screens, then do go back to our YouTube or Facebook page to catch up. And over the weekend, we do not forget about you. Chad brings you the Home Shoppers Show, where he gets to give you a sneak peek of what you can expect in some of the best estates and complexes that this country has on offer. So if you're in the market, then that is the show that you want to tune in to. You'll get a glimpse of some of the amenities in the various uh, complexes and estates, and where he also speaks to 
to, you know, some of the people that will answer your questions about those estates and complexes. And on your television screens, you can certainly catch Zanzi Krebs makeover uh, that comes to your screens every single Thursdays at 9.30 and the repeats are on the weekend. Well, we certainly do have quite a lot of you across the private property social media platforms and even on your television screens and that's because we want to make the property circle bigger. I love talking about that and I think one of the big things about it is it doesn't matter where in your property journey you are. You might be staying at home, you might be renting, you may have you know, bought your primary residence or maybe you've only got one uh, investment property but there's still more that you'd like to learn and you want to go to the next step in terms of your property journey now one of the other things that we're doing here on private property is running an exciting competition that is of course the sherlock holmes competition we're running it for the next 12 weeks we're now on week four and every single friday we announce the lucky winner of the five thousand rand voucher so do stay tuned later on in the show where i'll be unveiling who that lucky winner this week is. And every Wednesdays and Thursdays, we've got a lucky spot prize where you get a chance of walking away with 500 grand in cash. And all you have to do to get that is to be watching us live so that you can let us know that you are in fact in the live and claim that prize. And if you want to find out more about the Sherlock Holmes competition, do go to www.privateproperty.co.za and you'll be able to get the riddle. There's going to be a new riddle, of course, that's going to be coming up, but I'll tell you more about that later on on the show. Now, to get started with this evening's conversation the, the big thing with it is to buy or to rent and i think it's one of those conversations that we typically like having and they're different views and takes but really we want to be exploring whether or not it's cheaper to buy than to rent and we're going to be giving you a few things that you should be considering in the event where you you know still trying to decide what should you be doing and how should you go about um, making that particular decision because i think it's one of those things that so many of us probably struggle with um, and i think with a lot of people who are renting sometimes they typically don't know what kind of different uh, you know factors they need to be considering in order for them to you know make an informed decision about whether they can now go to that next level of actually buying a property. Now, to help us better understand and make us, you know, certainly aware of what some of the things that we should be considering uh, are, I'm joined this evening by Kareen McKinnon, who is the head of sales at Uber Home Loans. Good evening, Kareen, and thank you so much for joining us. Hi, Zama. Thank you so much for the opportunity. It's only a pleasure, Kareen. I think, you know, one of the big things with the conversation about, you know, to rent or to buy or which one is relatively cheaper is that we're currently in a place where we're facing historically low interest rates. And I think so many viewers at home are still kind of playing around with which decision to essentially go about. Perhaps take us through firstly why it is, you know, such an attractive time right now uh, to be buying a property or even consider buying a property. So, Zama, I mean, definitely due to the low interest rates, as you mentioned earlier, you know, owning a home has never actually been more affordable or active. So, it's definitely the time to jump into the market now um, in terms of the affordability factor. Mm. And I think one of the big things, you know, Karin, that often people are saying about this period is that it's a buyer's market. And I've, I've heard quite a lot of my other guests you know, from last year saying this is currently a buyer's market. When we talk about a buyer's market, what exactly do we mean um, about it? Because I think some buyers sort of hear that 
and they're not quite sure what it means for them. So what do we mean when we talk about it being a buyer's market? Again, I think it's a, a lot to do with the culmination of the interest rates um, and the fact that they are so low. They haven't been as low for, I think, more than 50 years. Um, and then also the bank's lending appetite. So the banks are definitely looking at a, more, a higher approval rate and definitely considering 100% lending for first-time home buyers and for other buyers. So it's definitely an attractive environment to be looking at purchasing a property. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk about that uh, a bit later, Karine, because I actually want us to explore, uh, you know, the banks, are they more lenient right now or slightly more relaxed? We'll talk about that a bit later because there's typically a perception when it comes to, you know, financial institutions and lending, especially uh, when it comes to home loans. That And I want us to demystify it a little bit and perhaps you can, you know, give us a, a bit of a sense of how financial institutions look at us as customers when we approach them and their appetite for risk at a particular time. Because I know so many people at home tend to have that question around, you know, banks extending credit, particularly, of course, a home loan credit to them at a particular time. Now, when we then look at, um, you know, home buying currently, Karina, I think one of the big things is we often talk about the barrier of entry for first-time home buyers. Perhaps take us through how how this particular situation that we're finding ourselves in has effectively removed some of the barriers of entry for first-time home buyers in particular. So I think um, a lot has got to do, again, with the affordability factor. So with the interest rates being so low, a customer that would maybe have qualified for a bond of a million rand um, in the past can now potentially qualify for a higher bond. Um, so I think that, as lo- along with the motivated sellers in the market, um, which we are seeing, has definitely removed some of the barriers to entry. Um, we definitely see some people upscaling. Um, and I think that's also come due to the fact that, um, you know, the lifestyle that people are having to live now due to the, the pandemic, you know, people are spending more time at home. So people are looking to, to change accommodation potentially and to accommodate the new, the new way of working, as we like to put it. Mm-hmm. Mm-mm. And the, the new work, the new way of working or the new order, as we sometimes, the new normal, I think that term, some of us are probably slightly frustrated about that term. <laughs> because at first we're like, oh, when COVID is over, when COVID is over, now we're realizing, look, we're going to, like, there's no such thing as when COVID is over. Uh, if anything, this is the new normal. We kind of have to accept it and, and sort of go with the punches uh, and innovate and pivot when you're in different industries. And I think that's one of the big things with you know, various people in different industries that they're finding themselves having to innovate and find other creative ways to still generate revenue. Um, but, you know, I think, Karin, one of the, the things that I'm certainly interested about, and, and I'm sure a lot of the property investors in particular uh, would be interested in, perhaps take us through what the, the, the price range of homes that are in demand right now. Because I, I, you know, I looked at the stats from um, for 2020 of the, the volume sale in terms of um, you know, the top 10 suburbs um, in terms of volume uh, selling, the top 10 selling suburbs in terms of volume, as well as the top 10 suburbs uh, in terms of transactions. And, and I think for me, there were a few interesting suburbs in the mix. And, and, and it's always just interesting to kind of find out where certain price points are. I mean, in terms of the, the volume, number one is, I think it's midstream estate. 
and the, the average property there, it's always in the millions. So it's always just fascinating to, to explore that kind of data. Perhaps take us through what the numbers are currently indicating in terms of the price point where properties are currently in demand. So based on our numbers that we've been seeing, certainly um, since June last year, if you look at when we sort of came out of the, the immediate crisis of, of COVID, we've definitely seen that the, the, the points are between 500 to 2 million. Um, that's where we're finding most of the activity in the market. Um, so that definitely seems to be the sweet spot. Um, we've seen the, the luxury market definitely being, I think it has picked up, um, but we are anticipating that it will be um, more subdued than the price points below 2 million. That does also depend on the area. So you were talking about midstream. You know, it does depend on, on the region. So we do see some differences between different provinces in terms of that price point. But on average, we're looking between 500 and 2 million as being the most attractive segment of the market at the moment, which is in demand. Mm-hmm. And I mean, Karen, do you see that trend sort of staying uh, well into 2021? We do. Um, we anticipating, and again, nobody has the um, the sort of <laughs> the magic <laughs> to understand uh, uh, where where things are going. But you know, we are anticipating that interest rates will remain uh, as they are. Um, I know that before the show we were chatting about the last uh, MPC meeting and that they did keep them, uh, the prime rate at, uh, still at 7%. Uh, whether we'll get, see another rate cut is an unknown, but we're anticipating that rates should hold uh, for the remainder of the financial year 21. So we're expecting that to, to remain and that would certainly stimulate um, and keep the market and the interest going. So we expect things to stay quite, quite relevant for now. Mm. And I think, you know, Karina, one of the big things with this conversation, of course, we are looking at whether it's cheaper to, to buy rather than rent. For those viewers who are currently renting or perhaps even living at home and are potentially exploring buying uh, this year, they're hearing quite a lot about, you know, the historically low interest rates. What are some of the things that they should be considering? Because sometimes perhaps they're looking at just the rental and just the monthly payment. How should they be thinking through uh, you know, the cost of them staying in a rented property versus the cost of taking on a home loan? So you need to obviously take all the costs into, into and factor them all in. Um, buyers must remember that properties under the, the purchase price of a million rand also don't attract um, any of the transfer duties. So that's definitely an attractive um, uh, factor to consider if you're looking at purchasing at a million and below. So I think those changes have also made the affordability of certain buyers uh, more affordable. So that's definitely a plus factor. And I think uh, if you're renting at the moment, I think it's about doing the maths. You know, we need to weigh up the numbers in terms of the current rental versus the bond repayment, but then also factor in, uh, there are certain things you need to factor in like the levies and rates and taxes. Um, Buyers need to make consideration of all of those those, um, costs that do come into play. And when a bank considers affordability, they do take those factors into account. So look at, they look at the potential future costs that need to be factored in. Mm-hmm. And I think that's such a, a big thing, Karine, that I've seen that sometimes a lot of prospective home buyers or home owners 
typically don't know about the other associated costs that they should probably consider even before starting their their home ownership journey uh, that would probably need you to you know start saving as early as possible and we'll talk a little bit uh, about that in terms of you know the deposits and all the other costs that you may potentially need to save up for i want us to to look at and i was saying earlier that there, there sometimes tends to be i'll say a perception around financial institutions and whether or not they they do extend uh, home loan facility easily or they're slightly tough on extending that particular facility and the probability of people, for example, getting 100% home loan or banks only giving 80% or 90% of you know, home loans. When you look, at, especially in the activity that we experienced last year and even uh, this year as we're nearly two, we're like, what, two months into the year, how have you found that financial institutions or lenders' behavior is? You know, are they currently more lenient in terms of extending uh, the home loan facility, especially at 100%? Um, or are they slightly tougher right now because we, we're all relatively uncertain about you know, the economic effects of the COVID-19 crisis? So we are seeing good conversions from the banks. So... If, and, and in terms of the volumes we've seen, we've seen a, a definite increase in our first-time home buyer applications. So we've seen an, an increase of about 36% in the fourth quarter of 2020. Um, what we are seeing as well is, as I said, the, the great conversion rates from the banks in terms of their approval rates and the lending rates, um, which is great for a first-time home buyer. If you look at the increase in volume of, and the number of applications, of those, 80% were approved. So it's definitely uh, a good consideration for a customer to do the maths and do the calculations on the rental versus potentially getting that, that home loan because the banks are lending. They are uh, pricing accordingly, they are aggressive, um, and they're looking to help the, the consumer. So the banks are definitely giving us great conversion at the moment. On average, we have an 80% approval rate. Mm-hmm. And I think, you, you know, Karina, I think one of the big things when it comes to dealing with financial institutions uh, is when you're applying specifically for a home loan is oftentimes people want that 100% home loan. Um, perhaps take us through what your opinion on the 100% home loan is versus perhaps getting 90% and already upfront having that uh, 10% to put down on a, on a property. So it's always in the consumer's best interest to put down the deposit if they do have the the, the deposit and they have the savings. And the benefit there is that the customer's interest rate is potentially going to be lower than at a higher um, LTV of 100%. So the banks will price according to the risk. So the lower risk, the risk, the better the, the rate. And we have seen that um, in terms of our numbers, the average uh, rate concession at the moment is just under prime, prime less, 0.04%, which if you compare that to about 24 months ago, it was sort of prime plus. So it's definitely... Um, help the consumer. It's definitely more attractive. Um, and yeah, I think uh, people need to do, do the numbers again um, and make sure that they compare the rental to, to what potentially the bond repayment would be. Mm. I'm this evening in conversation with Perrine McKinnon, who is the head of sales at Uber Home Loans. And we're talking about 
whether or not it's easier to buy versus uh, renting and sort of going through things that you should consider. Uh, and this could be whether you're currently a tenant or you might be living at home and you're exploring buying right now and you're wanting to run your numbers. So we're really taking you through the various things you should be uh, thinking about uh, as you start making that decision and how you should probably go about securing that home loan for yourself. We are taking your questions and comments across our social media platforms, so do send them through. So we've got a question here from Facebook. It's coming from Untombi Angle saying, as much as the interest rates have dropped, my question is, how do we become aware that the sellers aren't taking advantage of that of that, meaning selling at a higher price, since most are looking into buying and more people wanting to buy while the interest is low. So essentially, how do consumers ensure that they're, they're not being, I'll say, taken for a ride or being sold a property at a much higher rate or much higher price than they would have been had interest rates been where they were, let's say, last year in January? So the prices, uh, selling prices, um are always driven by demand. So it all depends on the demand for that particular property. Um, if there's no demand, property prices are going to come down. If there's higher demand, which is what we have seen, certainly for the last um, seven or eight months, then prices potentially could go up. And it also then depends on, you know, the stock, you know, whether there's enough stock on the market. Um, at this particular point in time, just from chatting to and in discussions with our real estate business partners, um, I'm not getting an indication that there's a stock shortage at this stage, and obviously real estate is well positioned to comment on that, but mm-hmm. property prices are definitely driven by demand and supply. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the big things uh, I'll add then, Domi, is, and, and I've spoken about this on the show quite a number of times, is that you tend to find that properties that aren't uh, advertised or that aren't selling at the right price point typically tend to stay on the market uh, longer than a lot of other properties that are priced well. Uh, I mean, a lot of different guests that we've had, especially in the tail end of 2020, um, where the big advice that they were giving serious sellers were, was price your property at the right price point, it will sell and it will sell fast. Whereas other sellers, as you you know rightly point out, who are saying, look, interest rates are actually historically low, therefore people can afford a higher you know bond those those sellers who then pitch their property at, at that higher level they're finding that that property is staying on the market for a very extended period and it's become still stock because there's so much stock coming into the market every single day i mean when i even look at some of the areas that i keep track of the alerts that i get for those specific areas is actually slightly, it's slightly frightening because there'll at least be, uh, and then small, sometimes even small suburbs, there'll at least be like two properties every other day, for example. So I think there's quite an access of stock in a lot of areas. So it, it's definitely in the best interest of a seller to price it properly if they are serious about selling because they're fairly serious buyers who are also getting more knowledgeable, watching the show, asking the right questions, doing a comparison, looking at where prices were, you know, pre-lockdown and seeing that look, but pre-lockdown, the price was here. Now you've suddenly increased it, let's say by, you know, 20% or 30% and you haven't necessarily done anything special. So I I definitely do urge you to, to do a bit of research when you are, you know, comparing prices or when you think you're the, the seller's charging a higher rate, 
um, than you would probably want to pay. And taking more of your questions and comments across our social media platforms, uh, I've got two questions. I'll ask one and then the next. These two questions come from Facebook. It's coming from uh, Bruno De Santos. And the first question he's saying, I'd like to know, would it also be a buyer's market um, even though people are desperate to sell due to financial difficulties? So essentially, you know, is it necessarily a buyer's market even though the reason why there's so much selling right now is because of financial difficulty? And I think there, perhaps, Karine, you can almost take us through the, the buy side, right? Because I think on the sell side, there are some sellers who are slightly in distress but then maybe some people are thinking there might not be set buyers who have the means to buy because we're in a relatively bad financial situation. I mean, we're hearing of mass retrenchments, salaries going down. So what would your, you know, your response be, when, especially when people are wondering if there is, we'll say, demand on the buying side? So we, we're still seeing the, the demand being driven um, by the first-time home buyers, as I mentioned earlier. Um, we obviously in conversation with the banks on a, on a regular basis from an Uber Home Loans perspective and monitoring closely in terms of distressed sales um, and whether they're seeing an increase in the distressed sales. Um, so at the moment, um, we're not of the opinion that that's a factor that, although there are people that absolutely have been impacted hugely in terms of the economic crisis, um, but we don't think that that's impacting the demand at the moment um, on the buyer side. Um, and I don't think it's creating a, a huge percentage of additional stock at this stage. I think it's the, the market where people are potentially looking um, at changing lifestyles and either upscaling or downscaling um, as opposed to the distressed sales. And the second question, also from Bruno, he says, second question, if you plan on staying for at least two to three years in the country, is it better to sell now and rent for the next two or three years? Uh, the house is fully paid and it's a fixer-upper. So, again, renting versus buying. So, you know, when you're renting, um, you don't have any capital growth in terms of asset value. So my personal opinion, and this is my personal opinion, it's always about uh, the ownership in terms of the capital growth from an asset value perspective. Um, I think we've really seen property prices in South Africa dip hugely. Um, we're losing money. So if you bought a property for a million rand uh, two years ago, it's not going to sell for 500,000 now. So we have those cases, but it's not really where customers and consumers are going to lose out uh, traditionally. There's still perspective to have the capital growth versus Mm. Um, another question, this one coming through from Facebook, it's coming from U Yandala Ramaru asking, does it make sense to buy a property and rent it out whilst renting somewhere else where it's cheaper? For example, um, an apartment and associated costs are 6,500 rand and you rent elsewhere for 4,500 rand. Yes. So potentially that is, that is good. And we are seeing, we have seen in the past a lot of, um, the consumers do that, um, and they have one uh, which is a, an asset, which has got capital growth, they have a rental, they have a tenant, and as they pay off that one, they then buy another property. So there definitely is that trend. We have seen an uptick um, in terms of the numbers that we track where people are buying to, to invest in property and rent them out. We've definitely seen those numbers increasing. If you look at a couple of years ago, it was tracking at less than 2% of our business. And again, it does vary from province to province and region to region. Um, mm -hmm. but as an example, I looked at some of our Western Cape 
um, statistics um, the other day, and 14% of our bond applications were for investment purposes, which is a huge increase. Mm-hmm. And I think I'll add to, to that one, uh, Yandala, because one of the big things that I, I picked up uh, being a property investor myself, speaking to a lot of property investors, is a lot of really great property investors, when they're able to, typically don't live in their bonded property. I've seen quite a lot of them essentially do what you've asked, where they, they rent, uh, and there's a great place that they found. The costs are fairly low. It's got all the things that uh, they'd like. And some of them will tell you, I'll probably stay here uh, maybe for the next five years or I'll stay renting for the next five to seven year period because financially it's going to cost me less than if I were to stay in a bonded uh, property. So if you are able, uh, for example, to find that property where rental can be, like in your example, 4,500 and the rental unit is able to attract your 6,000 plus amounts and it covers all the costs, you certainly can do it. I think when you're able to run the numbers, you tend to find that you are essentially uh, not paying for your living um, or you're paying a substantially less amount for your personal living while you know the associate, associated costs of the investment property as well as the bond costs are being paid by your tenant. So I, I'm a big fan of this model. And I even always say to people, listen, if you can stay at home uh, rent-free with your parents for as long as possible, do it. Start buying property while you're staying at home. You can have multiple of them. You're, you're not servicing any rent. Maybe you'll just give your parents, you know, a little bit of money. You'll contribute here and there uh, just to cover some costs. But if you can, if you can get away with staying at home, it's a healthy environment. You're not going to, uh, you know, you're not going to butt heads with your parents certainly do do it because you do find that you you get a lot of financial value from doing that exercise um, as much as possible. And we've got another question. This one is coming from YouTube and it is from uh, Liesel Windhovel who asks, I work abroad. The interest rates are good. Do I buy now while I can afford it instead of waiting until I get back home, avoiding the risk of increasing interest rates and property search, etc.? Yes, so my advice would be yes. Um, and we certainly have had some interest from uh, South Africans living abroad. Um, I do know that from some of the some of the feedback from our consultants and the sales force. And I think now while the rates are still low and um, affordability and is key and property prices haven't surged as yet. Um, we haven't seen that frenzy that we saw way back in 2004 to 2006, 2007. So property prices... And properties are still affordable if we're looking in certain areas. Mm-hmm. And, and I think one of the big things about that, Karine, when we when we listened to the MPC meeting, um, you know, announcement uh, not so long ago, one of the big sentiments that you got was this time around it wasn't a unanimous decision in terms of the rates staying the same or you know changing. Um, some of the members actually wanted them to go up. So that's why it's also going to be quite interesting to see what's going to happen in the next meeting, uh, whether they're going to rather remain the same. I mean, I know a lot of us are hoping that they go down at least by 25 basis points. I don't know if we're going to see that. I think they probably have to have to be a relatively significant you know, economic shift for, for them to sort of 
decrease them again. Um, and, 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 and I know this is one of those conversations various economists like having it back and forth about because they'll tell you, listen, we can actually afford another decrease. And when you sort of run the numbers and you look at, uh, you know, we'll say South Africa's balance sheet in its entirety, we can technically afford it. So I, I think it's one of those, it's a great time right now. And certainly do explore. You can already start doing the search now because I think more often than not, Kareen, and we've probably seen this one, um, that sometimes the searching part is also the part that takes quite a long time uh, as opposed to you know the financing part. So even finding the, the right area, I mean, she was saying, for example, um, that she's currently abroad. So having somebody who will go and view for you, that might potentially be the more admin intensive part. Whereas from the financing part, that might, might actually work out to be the slightly quicker, smoother route, uh, part of the home buying and home ownership journey. So, you know, I think technology has allowed us to, to move from that. And we have seen even during the, you know, the, the, as we spoke about earlier, the way of working has changed. So even with dealing with real estate, dealing with an agent, you know, potentially you can have a buyer that purchases the property that they viewed online. Um, they might not physically have gone to the property, but that is able to happen now. Um, with the way things have changed. So I encourage somebody to go and do the affordability calculations. You know, we have various tools from an Uber home loans perspective that can assist a buyer. Uh, Uber bond indicator, which is a self-service tool. We also have a consultant that's an expert that can assist somebody and obviously make sure that they understand all the detail of what's required in terms of the finance, the application. Um, so do that step first. And then the search for the property can definitely be done from abroad, it doesn't, you don't physically have to be in this country any longer, um, seen from the way we've had to work in the last couple of months. Mm. We've got a comment here coming through from Umkateko Ahata saying, I think the reason most properties are not priced correctly is because most uh, distressed sellers want to get a price that will cover their debts towards their debt, as well as also get something towards their pocket. And unfortunately, most properties end up accumulating more debts while they are waiting for the market. And that's so true, right, Kareem, that they want to be able to pay everything off here and also pocket a little bit extra on the side. Absolutely, because nobody really wants to offload a property and still have the debt. So sellers do want to make sure that they can cover the certainly what's outstanding from a home loan perspective. Um, and in some instances, that not, that's not always possible. But if a client is in that a dire need and in that urgent situation, it is most probably more, um, it's better to offload sooner rather than later. Because remember, debt is still accumulating interest um, and, and they'll have to settle that at the end. So it must probably be sooner rather than later. Now, Karim, before I let you go, last two questions for you. The first one, any tips you'd like to share for specifically first-time home buyers this year, especially those who are exploring, transitioning from renting to becoming that first-time home buyer? So I think maybe just to, to give you an example, you know, if somebody is currently renting a property, they might think, well, they can't afford the property. So I think, again, as we spoke earlier, do the math. So as an example, you know, if you're looking to purchase a property of a million rand and then you still don't have any, any transfer duty, that monthly repayment on your bond would be 7,753 rand, whereas potentially you, you might be paying a higher rental on that. So I encourage anybody that is renting, that is looking to buy, to do the affordability, to get in contact with us, 
um, let us run the numbers and let's put us, let us put you in the position where you can comfortably um, go out and look for a property and own your own home. Um, I think that's a South African thing as well in terms of owning property, which is maybe different here to compare to abroad, but um, it's possible. And uh, I think everybody aspires to own their own home in this country. And we'd like to assist those people. But again, do the numbers up front so that you can comfort- comfortably go out and search for that dream home and make sure that you can afford it. And last one for me, Karine, uh, same, it's a tip. Any tips for uh, the property investors who are looking to grow their property portfolio? So they've already got a few under their belt, but they want to also strike while the iron is hot and add a few properties uh, on their portfolio. Any tips for them? So I think we, we are seeing um, a lot of new development stock coming onto the market as well. So we're seeing uh, that type of uh, investor coming back into the market. Um, and I think they, they're looking for some sweet deals and there are deals out there to be made. Um, and the interest rates are so low. So you're able to, to finance the property and still get a good return. So from a, a, a property investor's perspective, um, now's the time to, to gear the property um, because the rates are so low. I would definitely them to to look for those bargains look for the stock um and and take advantage Karine, we're going to leave it there this evening thank you so much for joining us it's a pleasure thank you so much take care and thank you so much and that is Karine mckinnon who's the head of sales at uber home loans we're going to go for a quick break and when we come back we will be announcing the lucky winner of that five thousand rand voucher for our sherlock holmes competition Karine, thank you so much. Welcome back to episode 199 of the Private Property Podcast. I'm your host, Uzamandunga Kumalo. Just before we get the weekend started, it is that time of the evening and certainly that time in the week where we unveil the lucky winner of the 5,000 Rand voucher for our Sherlock Holmes competition. Remember, if you want to stand a chance of being that lucky winner, all you have to do is go on to www.privateproperty.co.za and enter our Sherlock Holmes competition. Now, every single week for the next 12 weeks, we give you a riddle that we post every single Monday morning and you have to effectively solve the riddle and when you solve the riddle you stand a chance of walking away with that 5,000 rand uh, 5,000 rand voucher 
And this week's winner of that 5,000 Rand voucher is Yamkela Mkashe. Yamkela Mkashe, congratulations. You're the lucky winner of this week's Sherlock Holmes hunt. I do hope you're going to enjoy that voucher. And if you want to be like Yamkela, then all you have to do is go to www.proudproperty.co.za. And by entering the competition, you already stand a chance of also winning the spot prize that we give out every Wednesday and Thursdays. Remember, you have to be watching us live for the spot price in order for you to claim it. Well, that's it from me, Zamandunga Kumala, and the rest of the Private Property Podcast team on this 199th episode. Oh my goodness, I never thought we would get here this quickly. Uh, It's almost as though time has flown by just slightly. Uh, We're going to, of course, be back on your screens on Monday evening at 7pm for episode 200. I want to hear from you at home. What would you like to see for episode 200? Do drop us some few lines uh, down here below. I, I'm, I'm interested to hear, especially even from the top fan gang members on what they would like to see for episode 200 as we get ready to bring it to your screens on Monday evening at 7 p.m. Well, over the weekend, Chad is going to take you through and certainly keep you company on Saturday and Sunday with the Home Shoppers Show. I do hope that you're going to enjoy it. Until Monday evening, hoping you're going to stay home and stay safe. Chen. I'm a restaurateur living in the Cape Town City Bowl. My restaurant Hallelujah is situated right in the heart of the city. Over the last few years, the influx of young professionals has created so many new and exciting things to see and do. The rejuvenation of the city has been something really special to experience. There are some really beautiful suburbs in our neighborhood. 
Nestled below the iconic Table Mountain lies the Renizek and Tamburskloth, filled with unique and beautiful homes. There's such a young vibe in the city, with an incredible blend of diverse cultures catering to everybody's desire. Within the city, there are so many genuine and passionate people, and you'll find them in places like the Woodstock Exchange. Offering everything from handcrafted works art to a culinary experience hard to forget. For those who enjoy the outdoors, Lion's Head and Table Mountain are phenomenal places to explore. Living in the City Bowl has definitely given me my dream lifestyle, and this is my neighborhood.